народився літо на зорі Мудрі були люди, родичі мої Куми в нас пікали, церкву отвели Ім'я Ярема мені надали Гей! Оце я, Ярема, оце, оце у хаха Оце я, Ярема, буде голова Оце я, Ярема, оце, оце у хаха Оце я, Ярема, буде голова Підростати, до школи ходити Став мені учитель, так і говорити Ой, тобі яремо, мудра голова Одна біда тільки, олію нема Оце я, ярема, оце, оце у хака Оце я, ярема, мудра голова Оце я, ярема, оце, оце у хака Оце я, ярема, мудра голова was Ukrainia from Ottawa and a traditional Ukrainian folk song done in a little bit of a heavy rock style. Yarema, a song about a very wise man, not. Dobri vechiri, vitayu vas vsih, dorihi radio suhichina, radio prohramu nash holos, radio nasho hokurinia, katra podiecivam, nabahatumovni radio stanci, am trinatia dvatsiat chmbu misti vancuveri. Primikrofoni, pavina. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you today. Uh, Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps is, is back to give us an update on what is going on in Ukraine, particularly uh, the focus on in today's chat is Kherson. As well, uh, a couple of items from the Nash Holos audio archives, which are still relevant today, and of course our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, and we started out with a bit of an oldie, and uh, we're going to move on to a song that is an oldie, it's been around a long time, it is actually a North American folk song uh, with some Ukrainian lyrics, it is bilingual, it's a song that I used to sing a lot when I was a kid, uh, many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, not nearly as well as this gal, though. Here is Anna Kinzerska with Blowing in the Wind. How many roads must a man walk down Before you can call him a man How many seas must a white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly Before they forever bend 
The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Oh, skill, kill, kill, is no Хвилями змило її, скільки буду чекати народи землі, свободи настали щодні, скільки можна іще відвертати свізір і вдавати, що добре усе відповідь друже, де світер. Відповідь вітер десь поніс. Скільки вгору потрібно дивитись разів, щоб помітити та небеса. Оскільки потрібно ще вух голові, щоб чути людей у сльозах, скільки душ ще повинно зінятись увись, щоб збагнули вже досить смертей, відповідь друже, де світер поніс, відповідь вітер не Answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. It's three incredible days of Ukrainian music, dancing, food, and interactive family fun with amazing dance groups and fantastic party bands on four feature stages. Celebrate Ukrainian culture at the Salah Festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. Order your day, weekend, and camping passes online at cnuf.ca.
was a Ukrainian-Canadian prairie group called Tut Itam, which means here and there. They are currently based in Edmonton, although they have members across the country, and uh, they travel around the country doing great music. They've got several albums out. We've played a lot of their music here on Nash Holos, and they will be one of the feature bands at Canada's National Ukrainian Festival in Dauphin, taking place this long weekend, August long weekend, in Dauphin, just outside of Dauphin, actually, at a site called Salol, which translates as village. It's not really a village, but it is sort of a Ukrainian theme park with lots of historic history, lots of culture, and uh, lots of great entertainment. One of the other groups that will be performing in Dauphin this long weekend in August is a group, another group from Edmonton called Trimbita. Here they are now with a Ukrainian resistance song from the mid-20th century during the height of Soviet repression of Ukraine. Trimbita with Dva Kolyara, Two Colors. Zbierałsia na wysni I ty osywit Nieznanymi szlachami Soroczku maty Wyszyła mnie Czerwonymi I czarnymi Czerwonymi i czarnymi Dva kolory, moji dva kolory Dva na polodni Duši moji oba Dva kolory, moji dva kolory Červone to ljubo A čorne to žurba Mene vodilo bez visti žitja Dva na polodni, 
Lepši moji oba, dva kolore moji, dva kolore. Červone to ljubom, a čorne to žurva. Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Maria Reva's short story collection, Good Citizens Need Not Fear. Good Citizens Need Not Fear is Maria Reva's debut collection of short stories. It explores the lives of Ukrainians in a small industrial town of Kirkova. Her darkly amusing tales focus on Soviet-era bureaucracy, post-Soviet inequality, relationships, resilience, and survival. Rava's stories are interconnected and build to a startling conclusion. Maybe nature isn't a circle of life, but a circle of abandonment. Reva does not shy away from the complex political realities of Ukrainian life, both before and after the fall of the Soviet Union. The first section of short stories is set in the Soviet era. Novostroika describes how Danil Blinov tries to get heating restored in his poorly built building, Ivansk Street, number 1933. He waits at a community center to explain his complaint. According to the clerk, the building was never registered, so it doesn't exist. He threatens to leave his gas stove running to provide heating, and then finally gets her attention. He lives with 14 people in an apartment meant for two. These are the brutal realities faced by Ukrainians during the Soviet era. The next story, Little Rabbit, introduces readers to Zaya, an orphan whose cleft lip has landed her in an orphanage called an internat, which cares for disabled children rejected by the state. This former monastery houses the children that the country has forgotten. Zaya is an intelligent and resourceful young girl who eventually decides to escape. While exploring the passages of the building, she finds the bones of one of the monks and takes them with her. In Letter of Apology, Konstantin Illich is a poet who was accused of anti-Soviet sentiment because of a joke he told, and the ensuing investigation upends his life. The stories in Part 2, After the Fall, examine life after the fall of the USSR, in Lucky Toss, Konstantin is now displaying Zaya's monk's bones, claiming that they are the bones of a saint. He has set up a shrine on the ground floor of 1933 Ivansk, and it has become a local attraction. He has also adopted Zaya, but she has disappeared. In Roach Brooch, a grandson dies, leaving his grandparents, inhabitants of 1933 Ivansk, they inherit a live roach in a tin box, despite the fact that they raised him while he was a baby. Despite the fact that the grandparents are very poor, they are left with this questionable keepsake of their beloved grandson. The lesson here is a difficult one. Those who mourn quietest mourn deepest. Reva's insightful short stories reveal both the Kafka-esque trials of living in Soviet Ukraine and the unreal world of the post-Soviet era, where the old order is gone. She touches on many current and relevant themes in her collection of short stories, including self-isolation, 
change, fake news, bureaucratic incompetence, and popular culture. Perhaps the most shocking manifestation of a world turned upside down is the group of newly rich Russians returning with Zaya to the notorious internet in the story Homecoming. They are engaging in adversity tourism and seeking thrilling experiences as they jump into a pit which was once dug as a child's grave. Readers will be fascinated by the darkly humorous short stories. At first, they may be confused by the lack of cohesion between the stories, but as they read further, they will see the links of time, place, and character. The line drawings add visual interest in the text, particularly in the final story, Homecoming. The main characters, Danil, Constantin, and Zaya, develop and change as their circumstances change, but their lives stand as a testament to the senseless brutality and inequality of both the Soviet and post-Soviet political systems in Ukraine. Maria Reva was born in Ukraine and grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia. She received her MFA from the Michener Center for Writers at the University of Texas and is working on an opera and a novel. Maria's stories have appeared in The Atlantic, McSweeney's, and The Best American Short Stories. She won the Writers' Trust of Canada, RBC Bronwyn Wallace Award for Emerging Writers in 2018, and a National Magazine Award in 2019. Her musical collaborations include an opera libretto for Erato Ensemble, and a script for the City Opera of Vancouver. Good Citizens Need Not Fear is her first linked short story collection. Readers should definitely look forward to new works by Maria Reva. Good Citizens Need Not Fear is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. And this is Cultural Capsule, especially for Nash Hollis. In a previous segment of Cultural Capsule, I touched on the brief role that the cooperative movement played both in Ukraine and Canada. As you can well imagine, that was just the tip of the iceberg. In fact, there were some extremely entrepreneurial individuals amongst the early Ukrainian settlers to Canada, and some of this business spirit even showed through in the area of cooperatives. As stated by Oris Martinovich in his essay, The First Ukrainian Businessman, 1902 to 1929, there was one venture that was the most ambitious Ukrainian-Canadian economic undertakings during the early years of Ukrainian settlement in Canada. By 1917, trading of futures in grain on the Winnipeg Exchange had been banned, and the newly formed Board of Grain Supervisors was given a monopoly for wheat throughout the country. While it cannot be confirmed, it would be fair to speculate that maybe this cooperative effort was in reaction to the halting of futures trading and other government intervention in the markets. On May 17, 1917, the Ruthenian Farmers Elevator Company was organized and chartered as a cooperative by three very active individuals in the Ukrainian community in Winnipeg. They were Taras Ferli, the cooperative's president, Ivan Petrusevich, an economist who had worked with Narodna Torhivia in western Ukraine, which was mentioned in the previous segment of Cultural Capsule, and had helped in its expansion, and a lawyer by the name of J.W. Arsenich. However, such a cooperative would not have been possible without the rural politicians and prosperous farmers who supported such an idea. In less than half a year, and in time for harvest, the cooperative had built two elevators, one in Ethbert, Manitoba, and the other in Jasmine, Saskatchewan. 
Within two years, they had grown to having a total of 14 elevators, and by 1920, they had 1,200 shareholders and managed to turn a profit of $22,000. Their good fortune continued until grain prices dropped after 1927, and shortly after the Great Depression had started, the cooperative was folded. The biographies of at least two of these men who chartered this venture are extremely fascinating, from what I learned in researching today's program, though we will touch on them in the future. I'm Vasil Pavlovsky, and this week's cultural capsule on Nash Holos looked at one of the early economic ventures of Canada's Ukrainian pioneers, the Ruthenian Farmers Elevator Company. up next, another oldie but goodie, and this goes back to the first incarnation of Nosh Holos back in the 1990s. It is from an album, it's title track of an album called Promin Samotsvita. Slušajte radio programu Naš Holos Radio Krinskoho Korinja. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina. You're listening to Naš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina. Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. It's three incredible days of Ukrainian music, dancing, food, and interactive family fun with amazing dance groups and fantastic party bands on four feature stages. Celebrate Ukrainian culture at the Salah Festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba, August 4th to 6th. Order your day, weekend, and camping passes online at cnuf.ca. Oh, 
and a popular young Ukrainian singer by the name of Jerry Heil. And that was Kozakskomu Rodu, Cossack Nation. On the line with me now is Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps in Toronto. Ukraine War Amps was founded in 2014 in Toronto to support Ukrainian heroes defending their country against Russian aggression. Since February 22nd last year, Ukraine War Amps has been working harder than ever to help save lives of Ukrainian heroes who are risking their lives to defend their country for the benefit of the entire world. So thank you so much uh, for coming back and uh, taking time out of your busy day, Jean, to talk with us. Hi, Paulina. Thank you for having me. So um, we've we've been talking a bit off and on since uh, March, and uh, thank you for the time to tell us what's going on in Ukraine. And I know, of course, it's it's difficult because it's a war is happening, so information that's accurate is, is quite limited. You help us go behind the scenes to see how this war is affecting the people, which really is the only story, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Thank you for your question, Bullet, and thank you for having me here, and thank you for bringing Ukraine war amps stories and stories of people in Ukraine nowadays to the wider audience. And I wanted to talk uh, today about Kherson and Kherson region and Mm -hmm. what happened there and uh, how Ukraine went see the situation and what we do to help with relief to the people. Good, because we hear about Kherson and we hear about the dam and we hear about these little snippets of things. And then there's a whole gossip mill on social media and that confuses the whole the whole issue. So tell us what's happening in Kherson. You know, I, I want to actually relate, uh, first of all, to maybe my personal experience and uh, memories from my uh, childhood when my grandma took me to a village of uh, Bila Krinica in the Kherson area. And uh, just to describe in a couple of words how I spent that beautiful, that amazing summer mm-hmm. uh, vacation on the banks of Inhulet River. Viva Krenica was occupied in 2022, but not, not for a long while. And uh, back then, in my mem- memory, you have a beautiful uh, country full of cherries and all fruits you can imagine, like uh, apricots, uh, apple, pears, etc. I read you, about you that. See, you, you go, uh, you live uh, with the villagers. I remember I am from Kiev, so I'm from a big city, a city boy used to apartment uh, style living. And here I am in that village. Amazing mm. night, very warm. And uh, I actually slept in a backyard under the sky. Oh. And that was just unbelievable feelings for me as for a big city boy was kind of very, mm-hmm. very new experience. Bila Kronita. Kronita is a well in mm-hmm. Ukrainian. Yeah, so it's, it's a white, white well, essentially. Right. Yeah. The water you are using there, they are from wells. So it's a different quality of water from uh, from what you experience in the city, of course. Uh-huh. And the food, Ukrainian cuisine, this traditional cuisine, everything made my experience so vibrant, so live that it's actually in my memory it's uh, accompanying me my entire life. Mm. So I have this like personal attachment to that area, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have my memories going to my family, to my grandma, and you know it's it's always something we keep close to our heart, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously. Any tragedy happening to to people there, it's... Uh, it's personal, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what kind of shape is Bila Kanenetsi in now? Was it spared much of the damage? I, I haven't heard bad news from uh, Bila Kanenetsi, but, you know, a lot of things to be discovered, yeah? yeah. Because uh, it was a big fighting going over in Hulet River and... It was a challenge to cross that river for Ukrainian forces, too. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, my other grandma, she, she actually, together in my childhood, we learned a beautiful, beautiful poem about that area. 
Oh. And um, it, it's in Ukrainian language and absolutely beautiful poem, a short one too. Oh, please recite it for us. Ya ne zabuv, nichoho ne zabuv. I have never forgotten. Ya ne zabuv, nichoho ne zabuv. Se dobili ne sercem pamjetaju, bistrin dnipra, hrstonščinu bez kraju, da je veselim i ščasljivim buv. Ya ne zabuv, ya pchati za dniprom, mati mene v put blagoslovila. I вишня нитько віти нахилила, і в небо ластівка ударила крилом. Я не забув чумацьких тих могил, що давниною голубіють в полі. І досі чую тихий сум тополі, і за лиманом розгри вітрив. Я не забув, нічого не забув, це до билини серцем пам'ятаю. Вискрінь Дніпра, Херсонщину без краю, де я веселим і щасливим був. This is little thing. It just uh, gives you an idea how people love that area, yeah. how, you know, for centuries, that area, they grew orchards, they worked out the land, and uh, even though Holodomor and other tragedies took place, the land was the kind of resurrection of, of that area always took place afterwards. Yeah. And now the tragedy we just heard of now, we not really witnessed it, but we heard of it, and we saw the videos, etc., and news. Again, it's uh, it's another one in all these crimes against humanity committed by Moscow. Yeah. It's, it's in the same line as uh, Holodomor and uh, repressions, Great Purge, and other crimes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and that's why I send you that calendar, although we are in 2023 already for half a year, that calendar, our calendar, Ukraine Williams calendar, reflect on that area. It's about Kherson. It was in part by yeah. liberation of the city in November, on November 11, oh. 2022. And then that's why in the new year we introduced this calendar to our donors and supporters and friends and also any one of your listeners who would love to get that unique calendar, welcome to let you know or let us know by sending a message to Nash Holos or directly to Ukrainian WAMPs to our Facebook or our email, ukrainewaramps at gmail.com. And free calendar going to be on its way to you guys. Just uh, let us know you, you would like to get it and how many calendars. The calendar has a little map of Kherson area with the Pearl River. And if you look at that river, that's pretty much where Frontline is right now. That river, wow. uh, actually, not just the river. It's been a front line and not just currently in this present war. It's not the first time in history Ukrainians actually fighting for their land and stand up the ground along the Dnipro River. Wow. So it's also, if you look at that map, uh, you'll see in the mouth of uh, Dnipro River with uh, Ukrainian uh, night. Uh, Vasil Krasivy, Basil the Beautiful, mm-hmm. who actually founded Odessa and their reason was uh, to defend southern Ukraine, back then uh, Rus or Rutinia, right. uh, if you wish. It's coming along the line, uh, essentially, Black Sea, Nistar River, Black Sea, and then Dnipro River. That's where they wanted to establish forts to defend the southern border. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, Odessa and Kherson worked out well for Ukraine as a, as a fortification. And today, they actually, they are in the same role. They are there as Ukrainian southern purpose. And it's been there forever. You can see how politics and geography unite together. Yeah. You know, I also wanted, um, just as we jump to Odessa already, and as we're looking at the Mister River, I wanted to describe to your listeners my personal experience. I visited the Mister Dam. So that's very similar to Kachovka Dam, but that's a different one near Kamyanets-Podilsky. Yeah. The difference, uh, the delta between high level of a dam and low level, like 40 meters, Wow. If you if you bomb that dam, uh, Transnistria 
gonna be wiped out. Oh my God, really? That damn, so many cities and villages gonna be wiped out. But the story I wanna bring to your listeners, the crime is, it's a double crime here. One crime is to blow it up, to destroy it. But another crime was committed by Moscow by building those dams. Oh. In my case, just because in 2015 I traveled there to support our wounded and uh, I, uh, I met amazing people and uh, I got this trip to the dam and I learned a lot about this dam. And what I can tell you that in uh, 1950s, Soviets decided to build a dam there. They sacrificed over 60 Ukrainian villages. Oh. Over 60 villages has to be wiped out, removed, stop existing. Actually, uh, 28 completely and over 30 villages partially flooded. Why? So uh, if you understand Ukrainian people who actually connected to their land for millennia, yeah. who doesn't move from their land wherever comes, they don't move, right. doesn't matter how the more comes, German comes, Russian comes, they are connected, it's their land. Right. They are not moving. Right. And if, so just if, if we can understand and appreciate it, we can probably try to understand what type of tragedy happened back in 1970 when people had to move, ruin their, their houses and move out. And uh, in the seventies, yeah, the dam was uh, completed in nineteen seventy-seven, I believe. So, t- twenty years they were displaced. No, no, no. Uh, in uh, in about nineteen fifty-eight, they declared. Oh, okay. Then it took them like ten years to prepare a project. Mm. Then it took eight years to build a dam, mm. and then it took another six to seven years for them to fill out, to fill with the water. So what you're saying is that they didn't flood anything, but they expropriated the land from the people that were living there. Oh, yeah. Look, in in eyes of Soviet, no one owns anything, yeah? Oh, right, of course. Yeah, the state owns But also, also, uh, one city was flooded, which is Bakata. And Bakata, it's... uh, Huge significance. Uh, it's, it's a Ukrainian historical town of a huge significance for Ukrainian history. And similar thing happened in Kahovka Dam, where one of the hearts of a Kazakh cities being flooded. Mm. So the crime they committed by doing that is expropriation of land. It's expropriation of houses. It's actually, uh, they wiping out our history. Yeah. They trying to wipe out our memory. Yeah. So what they did now, it's a double crime. Yeah. It's just another crime against humanity. But I just wanted to bring up this part of my personal experience mm-hmm. so we can see this picture even wider. We can see this genocide going through 1950s from Khrushchev's time till yeah. Putin's time. Yeah. And we can understand the same Russia, same Moscow, same Kremlin. Yeah. yeah. Maybe different names. Yeah. But so, the politics regarding Ukraine and Ukrainians never changed. So the, um, the Kohova Dam is in eastern Ukraine. The, uh, this other dam that you were just talking about in, on the Dniester River is in the northwest of Ukraine, correct? It, uh, it's essentially core Ukraine, from Dnipro to Dniester. It's uh, Ukrainian land forever, essentially. It's a core, you know? That's uh, the core land yeah. that, where Rus and Rutinia started as a, as a country, essentially. Right, right. Yeah, so, you know, just uh, to wrap up that subject, uh, previous talk, we we, just, we talk about uh, one of our volunteers, Oksana Lazebnik, and uh, how she was helping to evacuate kids and families from eastern Ukraine, and she evacuated 2,100 people from there to Spain. 
and the uh, Spanish government actually supporting them, um, providing with, with premises to live and food. And um, Oksana these days in Kherson, and uh, she's helping refugees, local internal refugees, and family with kids to survive, providing food, clothes, and uh, some is uh, helping to relocate to Kiev area, those who lost uh, their housing. So tell tell me, what is the state of Kherson? Now you said Russia invaded in February 22, they occupied, and on November 11th last year, um, Ukraine uh, regained it. Liberated, the, yeah. And so... Um, so what is the state of, of Kherson? I assume it's devastated. Kherson was partially flooded. By by the, the Khokhova Dam? Yeah, yeah, because it's a it's a nearest proximity to Kherson and Kherson sits right on the Dnieper River. Okay. So sorry, yeah, yeah, I didn't make that connection. I'm sorry. I just kind of oh, I'm okay. sorry. I, I was kind of uh, it was it's so obvious for me, but I am the guy who had been there. Been yeah. there, who walked the streets, and yeah. it was yeah because it's in the proximity and dam obviously located upper in the river, uh-huh. and yeah, and that, that's the connection. So, so lots of um, civilian dwellings, infrastructure have been destroyed. Uh, well, it's uh, it's a big city and uh, flood only got to the places of like lower city, uh-huh. like streets, we would call them uh, Podil or uh, d- down the river. Okay. You know, streets or buildings that it's right on a bank, but the further you go up the hill, so the safer it was, yeah. So, okay, so it's not totally devastated and the flood didn't, uh, didn't do extensive damage. Yeah, it's done extensive damage, especially to villages and uh, smaller town that's been uh, completely flooded. What about Vila uh, Krenitsia? Uh, Do you suppose it would have been affected by the flood from the dam? Everything pretty much down the river from the dam was uh, flooded within, uh, like, uh, I'm not sure, like 100 kilometers uh, left and right. It's... Uh, it turned into a sea, you know. Oh, so Oksan is helping those people affected by the flooding? Well, well it's Holland could be evacuated and uh, settled uh, somewhere else in Ukraine, uh, especially like uh, sometimes the summer, summer camp areas are available for them. Most of the, uh, of the, of the people of that area need uh, medication, food, and clothes. Medication? Yeah. Basic necessities. And, uh, yeah, so, and that's uh, what we're uh, doing as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oksana is our volunteer over there on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, so any funds that come your way, will some of them will be going to help Oksana. So people that want a copy of this wonderful calendar could make a donation, certainly, to not only cover the production and postage yeah. costs, but to help these people in Kherson yeah, and other parts of Ukraine that have been devastated by the war. Everyone is welcome and it's highly appreciated. Yeah. And again, uh, it uh, could be done uh, PayPal or e-transfer. Just use our email address as a, a beneficiary, right. ukrainewaramped at gmail.com. Okay, super. Jean, thank you so much for uh, coming back on the show to talk to us and give us this update uh, and for producing these wonderful, these beautiful calendars. Thank you so much. And sharing this historical information as well and, and making it relevant to today. And um, also thank you for doing the good work that you're doing in Ukraine, uh, saving lives and helping to lift the spirits of, of the people so devastated by this unprovoked attack on their country. Thank you for having me, and it was an honor to talk to you, and I uh, hope your listeners receive some new information, maybe a puzzle coming together, (laughs) maybe some extra information they learned from our talk today. I I hope so, too. So the, the honor was mine. Thank you again, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, Jean.
Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Kozak Sidomaha from Ukraine with Voroha Povoremo, which translates as We Will Defeat the Enemy. And that is a song, as well as an artist, that personifies the Ukrainian spirit, the fighting spirit for freedom. Nahadi Yvisluhiti Radio Prashamu Nash, Holos Radio Nasho Hokurinya, Katrapodiatsivam, Nabahatumovni Radio Stansi AM Trinatia Advatia at CHMB, Umisi Vancouveri. Nežal mi je skinčila našu programu i vše často je domovi skazati do pobačenja. Ale pred tem jo hoću zalešati vas takimi slovami mudrosti. Dobri spomin po tomu ostajecija, kdo vorohovi ne pidajecija. And our proverb of the week translates as If you want a good reputation, don't give in to your enemies. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Just a reminder that the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos can be heard in the Vancouver listening area on CHLY 101.7 FM and streaming at chly.ca. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you can get the podcast link at our website www.nashholos.com. Well, our time is about up, so to take us to the end of our program... The Ukrainian Connection, a group from Saskatchewan that used to be the backup band for Mickey and Bunny. And they'll take us home with Sal's Polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs>
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.